It's Mother's Day. And how many of you come from a time that you remember the tradition of white and red carnations? When I was growing up, when we went to church on Mother's Day, people whose mothers were still alive took a red carnation, and those whose mothers had died took a white one. It was almost 30 years ago, 30 years ago next Saturday, actually, that my mother died. And that shift in ritual moved me in a frightening place. All mothers die. All mothers are born. The cycle is real, but that does not make it easy. My mother died alone in the hospital while I was honoring her request that my father's birthday be remembered. So the kids and I took him a cake and some presents, and Mom died while I was on my way to the hospital. My mother died too young, exhausted with bearing too much, too soon, too often. A woman worn through like an old rug. The common living dirt that Marge Piercy reminds us to honor. It's Mother's Day, a time when we are prone to deifying motherhood. Is there anyone here with unresolved issues about their mother? <laughs> so, and those of you who are planning on being perfect mothers, I promise you, your children will have unresolved issues with you also. How many of you remember this book, The Giving Tree? How many of you refuse to read it to your children? The only thing is, it took me 10 years to figure out why. For those of you who don't know Shel Silverstein's book, it came out just before my children were born, over 40 years ago. The Giving Tree is still a bestseller. It's a story of a little boy and a tree. Once there was a tree, and she loved a little boy, so begins the story. Well, the little boy always has needs. First, he needs a swing, and the tree offers a limb. And then he's hungry, and she offers him her apples. And then he needs money, and she offers him the apples to sell. Finally, he's bored and wants to get away, sail to another coast. And the tree says, cut me down and use my trunk for wood to build a boat. And so the boy cuts down the old tree. We now have a stump and not much more is heard for a long time. The boy returns as an old man, tottering on a cane, 
Having lived a long life, he comes back to the tree, and the tree says, I'm so sorry I have nothing left to give you. I have no more fruit. I have no more wood. You can't swing in my branches. And the boy says, I don't need anything now. I'm just tired. And the tree says, a stump is a great place to rest. And the boy sits on the tree stump, the now old man boy, and we're told on the last page, and the tree was happy. The end. Well, it was shortly after my mother died, worn out like an old rug. that I stopped reading that story. And I keep it with me all the time. You know, we are so intimately connected with and dependent upon the earth that from the earliest of times, we've created all of these metaphors and these prayers to bind us to it. And some of us, our most powerful bonding metaphors actually are deification. It makes sense. The earth provides our food, our clothing. She's the source of our comfort, our nurture, our solace, our hope. And when our life draws to a close, Mother Earth receives us back into her loving arms. Well, our human theology is always a reflection of our human understanding of the ultimate nature of the universe. And for too long, we have had an understanding of the earth as being ever-giving, never needing to be replenished. Say, what is God? And we can't say exactly. We say God is like. And if we have a loving God, then we say God is like the earth. But I'm here to tell you that not all of the earth is loving. Try living in a desert or near one of the Arctic circles. But we do the same thing to the earth that we do to mothers on Mother's Day. You see, we create our deities in our own image, or at least in the image of what we wish to be or that we wish others were. But not only are our imaginations limited, our life experiences and the lives that we create are tied to the deities that we create. One of my favorite children's books that I didn't bring is The Story of X. How many of you read that to your children? The story of X is a wonderful, fanciful tale of what it would mean to grow up simply as a child with all of our gifts equally encouraged, irrespective of sex. Boys are free to serve tea and push doll carriages and skip rope, as well as to play football and mow lawns. And girls wear comfortable clothes and climb monkey bars and play sports, any sports, and they bake cookies too. In a world where everyone was free to play to their true 
strengths rather than their societal expectations. When the time comes for sexual attraction to enter the human scene, people are equipped to choose partners that complement their natural strengths and preferences rather than relying on societally conditioned expectations. Can you even conceive of that world where everybody plays to their strengths, where everyone chooses complementary partners and friends out of mutual attraction and support and enhancement? Our myths, our preconceptions, our sexual stereotypes, our labeling of what mothers are and are not, has made it that we may never be able to fully recover the loss of human potential, both male and female, that the stereotyping has caused. And if this is true in the human realm, how much more so in the divine realm? What limitations do we place on the holy by assigning genitals to them? What expectations do we place on them? Many feminists have noted that the equation of the earth with feminine and with goddesses has legitimized our abuse of this planet. We strip mine her surface. We rape and pillage her. We use her to our own ends. Listen to the language. Her natural processes are seen as humankind's natural resources, ours for the taking. The deification of Earth didn't have to be in the direction it was. It certainly wasn't in the direction of Artemis, goddess of the hunt, or Athena, goddess of wisdom, or Hestia, the the wise goddess of the hearth, the spinster ant. No, noting the fecundity of the earth and focusing only on that, we have endowed our planet with attributes of the more vulnerable goddesses. Hera, wife of Zeus, perpetually in strife with her husband. Demeter, goddess of grain, nurturing mother who spends half her life grieving the rape of her daughter, Persephone, queen of the underworld. Marge Piercy's poem spoke of a mortal goddess that we need to reclaim and love. If we are going to worship Earth, if we are going to worship humankind in the name of Earth, let it be an under, with an understanding of the mortality of that holiness. The earth is an ecosystem on which our lives depend. But make no mistake, the universe will continue with or without ours or the earth's participation. Now the earth, if she is my mother, let us understand that we are all mothers. For we are all born of the common dirt, and we are all comprised of the common dirt. 
I came to understand the connection, besides the timing of the year, of Mother's and Mother's Day with gardening, most powerfully, not from Marge Percy's poem, but from Mae Sarton's. Her poem entitled, An Observation. Mae Sarton says, true gardeners cannot bear a glove between the sure touch and the tender root. They must let their hands grow knotted as they move with a rough sensitivity about, under the earth, between the rock and shoot, never to bruise or wound the hidden fruit. And so I watched my mother's hands grow scarred, She, who could heal the wounded plant or friend with the same vulnerable yet rigorous love. I minded once to see her beauty gnarled, but now her truth is given to me. To live. As I learned for myself, we must be hard to move among the tender with an open hand and to stay sensitive up to the end, pay with some toughness for a gentle world. Pay with some toughness for a gentle world. On this Mother's Day, let us remember that we are chance inhabitors of one planet on the edge of a solar system in an endless universe, and it's mysterious and it's wondrous, as is the miracle of birth, of all birth. But not all parts of the universe are welcoming and nurturing. So also that which gives birth that to human life is of equal and equal ability to birth but unequal abilities to nurture. When you stop and think and remember, for those of you who were here last week, the great oaks in your life, who are the people who have stayed rooted and provided you the shelter, the nurture, the care. Men, women, teachers, friends, aunts, uncles, sisters, brothers, colleagues, parenting is what We do. We were reminded of that this morning as we welcomed the children to our midst. May we remember that now also. For the earth, our home, is as holy as we are. All of creation requires and deserves our love and our care. To any beauty, 
We must come as lovers, not destroyers, says Nancy Newhall. Come humbly, softly, to look, listen, learn, cherish, and to shield. All of us. All of us are called to building the web that holds. All of us are called because, because you can die of overwork, because you can die of the fire that melts rock, because you can die of the poison that kills the beetle and the slug, we must come again and worship on our knees the common living dirt. So be it.